There were two more murders 15 miles when away. When arrived, they found the telephone and electricity lines. The weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Cup of murder. Sometimes you just don't know how bad someone truly is behind closed doors. On August 19, 1959, a man was born who would shock the state of Cleveland and the world when a strange smell that lingered around his home found its heinous source. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Anthony Edward Sowell, born August 19, 1959, was raised in a very full Cleveland home. He was one of seven children born to a single mother, Claudia Garrison, and inside of the home lived another seven children from Anthony's sisters, who had all moved back to the family home after her death. And this home was not a happy one. According to members of the family, Claudia would physically abuse the children that belonged to her daughter and let her biological children watch on and even in some cases, join in. In one incident, Claudia forced one of the girls to strip naked in front of the other children and whip her with an electrical cord until she bled. And Anthony seemed to take after his mother. He began raping one of his nieces on a daily basis for two years, starting when she was just 11 years old. He eventually left the home when he joined the U.S. Marine Corps and seemed to flourish as a military man. He had a seven-year career filled with accolades and service medals and was discharged in January of 1985. Just four years after his discharge, he seemed to revert back to his old ways, when in 1989, a woman named Melvette Sockwell willingly entered Anthony Sowell's home. When she tried to leave, he grabbed her, bound her hands and feet, gagged her, and began strangling her to the point of unconsciousness. Melvette, who was three months pregnant at the time, was able to survive the ordeal and Anthony was charged with kidnapping, rape, and attempted rape. He pleaded guilty and served 15 years in prison. He was released in 2005 and shortly thereafter began a relationship with the niece of Cleveland's mayor, Lori Frazier. He and Lori dated for a while and throughout the course of their relationship, she always seemed to notice a strange smell emitting from the home. When she brought it up to him the first time, he claimed it was coming from his stepmother. When she moved out, he changed up the story, stating that it was coming from the sausage shop that was right next door. The smell remained until she moved out in 2007 or 2008. But Lori wasn't the only one who noticed the smell. Neighbors, who knew Anthony as the guy living off of unemployment and selling scrap metal, complained to the health department about the foul smells. But nothing came from the report and the smell seemed to just grow worse with time. Around the time Lori left, Anthony began seeking company through online dating, where he stated that he was a master looking for a submissive partner. In September of 2009, a woman named Latundra Billups came to Anthony's home for a few drinks. On the 22nd, she reported her disaster date to police, stating that after a few drinks, Anthony became angry, hit her, choked her, and raped her as she passed out. On October 29th, police came knocking at his door with a warrant for the alleged rape. There was no answer, so police entered the home looking for their rapist. What they found were two bodies lying on his living room floor. Anthony Sowell was arrested two days later as police continued to make gruesome discoveries. Buried in a shallow grave in the basement and crawl spaces of the home were four other bodies at various stages of decomposition. 
in the backyard were remains from four other women and a human skull in a bucket inside of the home. It seemed that the smell that everyone had been complaining about came from the 11 bodies police found in Anthony Sowell's home. Bodies that, as far as they could figure, were all killed by manual strangulation, earning Anthony the name the Cleveland Strangler. At the time of his arrest, he was 50 years old. The bodies took some time to identify, the first two being in November of 2009. The first was Tania Carmichael, a 53-year-old woman who disappeared a year prior, and 31-year-old Talisha Fortson, who had been missing for five months. A few days later, three more of the bodies were identified as 38-year-old Crystal Dozer, 47-year-old Amelda Hunter, and 45-year-old Michelle Mason. Police began looking at all missing person cases beginning from when Anthony was released from prison in 2005. And as DNA testing began, protesters gathered in front of the Seoul home with posters and photos of their missing loved ones. As time went by, the rest of Anthony Seoul's victims were identified as 31-year-old Tashana Culver, 25-year-old LaShonda Long, 43-year-old Nancy Combs, 49-year-old Janice Webb, 44-year-old Kim Yvette Smith, and 38-year-old Diane Turner. They also determined that there were at least three other rape victims who survived his attacks and never reported the crime due to prior drug history and personal reasons. Many entered his home on the guise of either a date or an invitation to do drugs. Anthony Sowell's trial began on June 6, 2011, and he was charged with 11 counts of aggravated murder and 74 counts of rape, kidnapping with evidence and abuse of a corpse he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity but later changed it to just not guilty he was convicted on july 22nd on all but two of the counts against him and sentenced to death however just a few months later his lawyers filed an appeal with the supreme court stating that anthony Sowell wasn't given a fair trial They made their arguments, and on December 9, 2016, the Ohio Supreme Court rejected his appeal and affirmed his sentence. He tried again in 2017 and was, again, rejected. He remains on death row awaiting execution. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on August 20th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.